right, everybody, welcome to B.O. Boys for Sunday, November 21st. Fuck it, it's a raw feed. We're doing it live. I'm Clayton. Yeah, I'm Pat. And special Sunday episode. Yeah, we we couldn't wait any longer to talk about Ghostbusters, uh, you know, because this is a movie we actually saw together on Thursday. So we were, you know, Thursday night, we're already talking B.O. We're walking out of this movie walking down the corridor at our local local cineplex and we're talking bo and so waiting until monday then to talk bo on mike was just it was going to be an impossibility we couldn't do it we were itching so before we get into deeper talks about ghostbusters afterlife let's do this top five let's plow yep let's do a plow plow away Number one, Ghostbusters Afterlife, $44 million in its first frame. Number two, Eternals, made $10.8 million, down 60%, lost 35 theaters. It is now standing at $135.8 million in its third weekend. Number three, Clifford the Big Red Dog, $8.1 million, down 51%, lost 72 theaters, is now at $33.5 million in its second frame. Number four, a newbie, King Richard, $5.7 million in its debut. And rounding out the top five, Dune, $3 million, down 45%, lost 815 theaters. It's now at $98.1 million in its fifth weekend. It is inching towards that $100 million landmark. So that is your top five. And Pat? It's it's what we expected. I think we both, did we both have the same top five or did we did we both think Venom was going to finish, was going to flop We thought Venom would beat out Dune. We thought Venom would beat out Dune. We were wrong. It was close, 2.7 million to mm-hmm. Dune's 3 million. Yeah. I would be careful with the the using that term, we were wrong, because we weren't correct in predicting that Venom was going to finish ahead of Dune this week. But to be fair, we had just spent most of last episode divvying up that $200 million for Venom. So we were a bit, you know, tongue-clouded, I would say. The Venom, let there be carnage tongue, was maybe inside of our brains a little bit. And so we weren't wrong. We just didn't say the correct thing at the time. But there's a reason for it. Okay. I'll yeah. go with that. Yeah. Just just be careful, I think. You always have to be careful about saying we were wrong. Mm-hmm. Um. And looking other than, of course, Ghostbusters Afterlife could be the big story, going to be what we're talking about. A few other things in here. Dune, like you said, is inching towards that $100 million. That's a slam doink that in the next week or so, Dune's getting over 100 which was necessary. I think that gives Warner Brothers the cover they need to announce, or they've announced it, but to actually make the Dune sequel and not look ridiculous, mm-hmm. you know? So that's a big number for it to cross. And I'm just going to, before we get into Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, King Richard, $5.7 million, the big Will Smith biopic that's going to get him an Oscar nom nom nom, HBO Max day and date. It's what we thought it was, right? No big surprise here. I think we kind of nailed it. We said around 5 or $6 million. 
I thought it could. It had a possibility to over-index because of the buzz and mm-hmm. because of him being on such a huge uh, media tour with mm-hmm. his book and everything. And I think what turned out to be the case is that it just drove people to watch it at home, really. Yeah. Uh, especially people who are going to vote for the Oscars. They all have HBO Max. And they were like, this is great. I'm going to watch this at home. And I do think it's it's a little bit higher than some of the other day and date HBO adult skewing films. Of course, mm-hmm. Cry Macho made 4.4. The Many Saints of Newark. Uh, a.k.a. Sopranos movie, 4.6. And Those Who Wish Me Dead, of course, did less, 2.8. Reminiscence bombed, 1.9. Little Things. Now, this happened way, way early, uh, post-ish pandemic, 4.7 million. So King Richard beat all those, but like we were saying, it is pretty much what we thought an HBO Max day and date adult skewing film was going to do. Yeah, it's... For those who are using King Richard and it's and it's bad opening weekend to write another obituary about adult movies at the box office, which maybe that obituary needs to be written eventually. It should I, be in the hopper. It should definitely be in in you know, you should you gotta write the obituary for everything just in case. Right, but you don't publish it yet. It's sort of no. like this publishing the obituary for the uh, adult drama is yes, you have to have it written, but you're publishing it too early if you put it out now. It'd be the same thing as if you published the Queen Elizabeth uh uh obituary today. You gotta have Ooh, it written. Be careful with that. The day is still young. Pat. Well, you got to have it written. You yes. have to have it. You're not a credible news organization if you don't have the Queen Elizabeth obit in the hopper, but you don't hit send yet or hit publish or, you know, hit the big button that gets the printing press going. Whatever your your news organization does right now, you don't mm-hmm. do it yet. What I was going to say is the reason you don't do that yet with Ki- for the adult drama with King Richard is... The movie we're going to talk about to close the show, House of Gucci, I think that, because it is not day and date streaming, that's the one that is the true test, not King Richard, which is on HBO. And honestly, I think we're seeing if a adult drama is day and date on a streamer and in the theater, that audience will watch it at home. And that is, is, I think, uh, one of the things we've scientifically learned this year is those movies you cannot put day and date on a streamer because the audience that would be into that type of movie, they want to stay home. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I guess the one last thing before, out of all these movies, before we talk Afterlife is Eternals. Came in number two, made 10 million, 60% drop in its third weekend. The reason to me... This is a sign of this movie being so much less liked and probably long-term having bad box office prospects compared to other big movies this year is that third weekend drop, 60%, is pretty high when you compare it to Shang-Chi, which a couple of months ago, its third weekend dropped only 54%, Black Widow in its uh, third, oh, I'm sorry, Shang-Chi and its third weekend dropped 38%. So that's an incredible hold for a third weekend. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Black Widow in its third weekend dropped fifty five percent, and F nine in its third weekend only dropped fifty percent. So Eternals, you're seeing the effects now of this movie being not well liked because this third weekend drop is comparatively pretty big. I think you can also chalk this up to there being something else people wanted to see now. Eternals had two weekends to itself, and now Ghostbusters Afterlife was something to actually compete with it and crossed over that fan base, which is the fanboys. Mm-hmm. So I do think that Afterlife siphoned off a lot of the fanboys from Eternals. And plus, I think Eternals, like, it is not a liked movie. It's not a movie people have much good feeling for. I think now that everybody did, every Marvel fan did their duty, went and saw it, mm-hmm. saw the stingers, saw the mid credits, they can now say, we got this over with. Let's go on to something else and gird our loins for when we go batshit nuts for Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess let's talk about it. The number one movie in America was FTF. It was for the fans, as Jason Reitman would say. Ghostbusters Afterlife, number one. So $44 million. This is the type of opening weekend that is tough to analyze because mm-hmm. it's basically right on that border. You yeah. know, it is $38 million this movie opens up at or or low 30s. We're out here right in the we're 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 on time right in the obit for Ghostbusters IP. This movie had opened in 30s. I don't think at 38. I think at 32 definitely anywhere between 20s and low to mid 30s we could do that but i do think if it would have made 38 we still couldn't print that obituary not okay. yet we'd but, want but, to we'd but want you know to. what i mean this, this movie making 44 you're not writing you're not coming out of this saying ghostbusters is a dead ip you're also not coming out of this like we did on the Tom and Jerry opening weekend where we're saying this IP is generational and is speaking to a generation and we didn't perhaps realize it. So it's not that situation. It is 44 million is kind of a solid to slight success or an avoiding of disaster. Well, the tracking on this was was at a point pretty high, could have gone to 60. It started dropping, and the studio was saying maybe uh, this weekend was saying in the high 20s that just to be conservative. Right. I mean, that's kind of a little bit of—the of the studio estimates are always, always purposely low. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then and then rivals and 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 and, and theater owners were saying uh, 30s somewhere in the 30s and it so it overperformed those tracking expectations. Now, right. you said this movie would make a scooch uh more than answer the call. Yes, I had this at 47, I think. And and I said it would probably make around 41 or 42, I think. I said yep. under, but not much under. So, I I would say we're both 
kind of right. I mean, we're both kind of right because it's three million either way. Right. So, right. so neither so of us said it. this is going to be sixty or this is going to be twenty-eight. So we we kind of nailed what this film was going to do. Right. And which I will be honest, though, after seeing it, and we're not a again, we're not a review podcast. We don't no. criticize films. We're we're not movie critics. I'm sort of shocked mm-hmm. at this number after seeing this film. Yeah. I mean, we both, again, we're not critics, but we both really disliked this movie and came away from it with a, I would say, somewhat of a repulsed feeling. You I know? was repulsed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll officially say I was repulsed as well. Mm-hmm. And it... It did feel coming out of this movie with a, we went to see it with a uh, third person. uh, And this third person is a huge Ghostbusters fan. You know, we're both people who thought the first one was a good 80s comedy. Uh, The third person in in this group is a big Ghostbusters fan. She also was, uh, not to put words in her mouth, but she was repulsed, I would say. Similarly repulsed, yes. Yeah. So you had three people coming out of this repulsed, one of whom was a, a, a fan who would be one of those FTFs for the fans that Jason Reitman talks about. And so seeing this made us think the number was going to have to be way lower. And I guess, does this number, because the star of this movie is not really Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd mm-hmm. is, a, is a famous actor who was in this, but the star of Afterlife is the Ghostbusters IP. Yes. So the big question with this opening weekend number is, is the Ghostbusters IP a movie star? I mean, I wouldn't go that far, but I will say it's still alive. It, it, we're, we, mm-hmm. we cannot bury Ghostbusters as an IP mm-hmm. at this moment, unfortunately. And, and the reason I say, listen, I want films to do well. I'm glad this movie did well. I think one of the things we can take from this is that people are going to the theater. Yep. This $44 million means people are going to the theater and families are going to the theater to see this film. Mm-hmm. Matinees were huge with this. I mean, we went in the evening and there was not very many people. And I think what you're seeing is adults dragging their kids, which mm-hmm. I think is a uh, a form of abuse because mm-hmm. of the quality of this movie. So looking at the... Deadline article. The demo that gave Afterlife the best grade was 45 to 54 year olds who came out at 11% and gave this pick a 90% grade. Wow. And, wow. Uh, and coupled with the fact that matinees were huge, I believe that a lot of that 44 million was unwilling children. Mm-hmm. being dragged to this film to watch elderly men mm-hmm. dress up in suits and look ridiculous. Right, right. And it is a form of, of abuse, and we'll see if the kids will rebel against this. Kids, kids nowadays, they don't put up with the shit we did. We got dragged anywhere we wanted. Like, our parents dragged us anywhere we wanted, but with that, we were able to, at some points run free and be out for hours and never be asked after. Well, well, the thing is we used to be dragged to, to things we didn't want to go to 
that churches. were exactly church. Well, that were like grown up family dinners, family thing. You'd go to a relative's house, you'd go to Nana's house, you would go to church, and that is where your family dragged you. But they didn't drag you. You know, our dads didn't drag us to James John Bond. Wayne movies or James yeah, Bond John Wayne movies. movies. I you think know, John Wayne is a better choice for that. Right. Yes. They didn't drag us to new to reboots of entertainment of their youth. You know, mm-hmm. they dragged us to church, they dragged us to Nana's, they dragged us to take your kid to work day, stuff like that. But those were at least Scouts. adult activities. Well, that's adult that's not an adult activity, but they didn't drag us to relive their youth. And that is the plight of children today is they are being dragged to these these relivings of their parents' youth. But it is the it is the it is an acceptable, societally acceptable form of abuse. Mm-hmm. You know, it's years ago we got rid of, you know, uh, uh, we 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 created Corporal unions. Punishment. We got rid of corporal punishment. We got rid of uh, uh, of you know kids working in factories, putting their child their labor. grubby child labor. We we got rid of you know having kids put their grubby little hands inside of machines. You know that became illegal, but we never have made this illegal, which I guess is a new modern form of abuse that we have to deal with now, which is. Uh, adults dragging their children to relive the IP of their youth. So it's something that lawmakers and and unions and community leaders are going to have to think about these next few years is, do we need to get some laws on the books that forbid parents from bringing their, forcing their kids to go see Ghostbusters reboots? Mm-hmm. Um, but... Here's one thing about this movie that may have worked is the fact that, you know, again, kids were dragged to this movie, but they did make the decision when they made Ghostbusters Afterlife to have children become leads within the movie. You know, there's Finn Wolfhard, there's... uh, The actress who plays, you know, uh, uh, Spangler's granddaughter and they make this sort of a kids movie even though again the the real draw for this movie is they got a bunch of old men to dress up in mechanic suits and shoot lasers you know in the movie Mm -hmm. so do we think that the take of this movie having it be kids in the driver's seat literally yeah do we think that that had anything to do with the success of this? Do we think that any kids went to see this movie of their own accord or it didn't matter. The only kids who were there were there because they were dragged by parents reliving their childhood IP. Well, so just a little bit more to back up my theory. So close to a third of the audience for this film was composed of a family adult and a child under 12. Okay. The parents gave the movie five stars, while the kids under 12 gave it four and a half. Now, mm. that may seem like, oh, the kids liked it, but they didn't like it as much. If your parent, your 12-year-old, or you're a nine-year-old, and your parent says, this movie is five stars, 
this, I love this movie. It's five stars. The kid gets a say. The parent looks at the kid, mm-hmm. looking, looking at them, kind of being like, all right, what did you think? Right. Four and a half stars, I think, is their way of saying, I did not like this film. I, please, please do not make me see this film again. I do not right. want to be here. I'm not going to give it anything lower because then that is bad news for me. Right, right. So, so, so that four I and a half, th- that four and a half stars that the kid is giving this this movie, that's almost like them using Morse code to, you know, with a light to say, "Help me, I'm trapped in the basement." Because if they liked it and wanted to be there, they would have been caught up with it and said, yeah, five stars. I loved it, too, Dad. I loved it, too, Mom. I loved it, too, Uncle Bill. Right. I loved it, too, Aunt Loretta. I loved it, too, Uncle Chuck. Right, 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 right. Yeah, it's and and you could see that scenario where the the child and their adult guardian are coming out of the theater. The adult guardian is raving five stars. I can't believe they were all there. I can't believe how great they all looked. I can't believe how it made me feel like a kid again, five stars, five stars. And then they look at the kid and then they just say to the kid, you loved when they put out the ghost trap, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Didn't you think that the car was so cool? You loved the gunner seat, right? Right. You loved how the gunner seat was a, was a Easter egg to the Ghostbusters cartoon that aired in the late 80s, right? Right, child who lives in the room directly next to me? Don't you yeah. think that, that, the, uh, uh, that the, when they showed the fire pole from the original Ghostbusters, wasn't that amazing? Child who sleeps while I am awake? Child, child who I control the flow of food too Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. the quality and temperature of food Mm -hmm. and quantity of Mm -hmm. food right don't didn't you love that zool is in this child who i decide whether they leave or stay in a house yes control of the wi-fi Person who controls your Wi-Fi and your Minecraft and your Fortnite memberships. Mm-hmm. So right. it's very it, it's very telling that these kids are under 12. 12. 12 is right there at that edge before you really have any independence. Mm-hmm. If you're mm-hmm. 13, 14, 15, 16, you're out of the house on weekend nights, weekend days. These 12-year-olds, they have no, 12 years and under, they have no autonomy whatsoever. No, no. And I think, yeah, a lot of the, uh, I would say, I would say that this, without adults in their 40s and 50s, 50s, okay? Mm -hmm. Just think about 50-year-olds going to this movie and enjoying it for a second. Just Mm -hmm. think about that and don't get depressed. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. Mm Mm-hmm. They, yeah. th- this mm-hmm. movie, if it was only them, this movie would have made in the teens or 20 millions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we'd be having a very different discussion. Right. Yeah, the, the, the casting of child actors in big roles in Ghostbusters Afterlife, 
it may be on one level looked at as a way of appealing to a younger audience, but in reality, what it does is give cover to the adults who are dragging their kids to this dusty old Ghostbusters IP because they get to say, you know what, child, I will do you a favor and take you to this kid's movie that I know you're dying to see. Mm -hmm. And the kid is like, wait, uh, Ghostbusters? I mean, no, I mean, I could stay home and play Fortnite or, you know, maybe uh, I'll I'll go, you know, we could uh, go see Venom, Let There Be Carnage again. It's like, no, no. I'm going to do you the favor of taking you to the movie I know you want to see that has kids in it. The movie that I wouldn't be interested in as a 55-year-old man, but I'm such a good guardian that I will take you to this child. And and listen, I don't want to make it seem like all these kids did it because of fear. I think there is a level of kids who, you know, you want to impress your parent. When I was a kid, or my dad, or guardian, thank you. When when I was a kid, my dad used to drink buttermilk, just a glass of buttermilk. Mm-hmm. And I would have a big heaping glass of buttermilk mm-hmm. with my dad because I wanted to be like my dad. I wanted to make my dad proud and drink that buttermilk. Now, did I like the taste of it? No, I was a child. Buttermilk is not made for children. I would have molasses on my pancakes because my dad liked molasses on his pancakes. Is molasses for children? No. But I would do that because I love my dad and I wanted to make him proud. Mm -hmm. And there might be a lot of kids doing that as well. So it's not always just being forced to, but it's they're not enjoying it. Right. So so a child this past weekend who actively told their guardian I want to go see this new movie that heavily features Dan Aykroyd. That is the equivalent of you as a child drinking a big glass of buttermilk to bond with your dad. Yes, Dan Aykroyd. Seeing Dan Aykroyd on a big screen is is the equivalent of drinking a big glass of buttermilk, 100%. I don't think there's a better analogy. Yeah, yeah. So, so that is... A big reason why this movie did well at the box office, it's both kids who had some level of fear of of saying no to their guardian about going, but it also is the more, I think, uplifting, quaint notion of the kids who wanted to impress their guardians yes. by saying, I want to go see uh, uh, Slimer the ghost on the big screen. I want to go. Was not even in this, but the kid, the kid is just—they're looking hoping. at Wikipedia, you know, yeah. to see what Ghostbusters even is, and mm-hmm. so to them, they're like, "Okay, Ghostbusters, I guess, is about this Slimer guy." So I'll just tell uh, uh, my parent or guardian, you know, sure, let's go see that Slimer movie. That you know, oh, I'm excited about Slimer, who was the big ghost when you were my age. Do you think Gozer will be in it, Daddy? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Gee, I and, hope so, son. And and because they I'll be owned, very angry if it's not. The message boards will be lighting up. And and because that child only knows Gozer from the Wikipedia article that they glanced at on their phone, they're they're telling their guardian, Hey, I'd love to go see that movie 
about Gazer, you know, because they've never actually heard Gozer pronounced in a piece of media. They've only they've only read about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so listen, these days, you know, the theaters again are getting themselves back up and running. The movie industry is getting itself back up and running post a pandemic. So you got to use every trick in the book you have. And Ghostbusters Afterlife used the trick of uh, uh, very old parents and guardians just making or guilting their children into coming to the movie. And that added up into a pretty decent opening weekend. Tickets are tickets, you know? Yeah. this It's not Jurassic World which blew away everybody's expectations for what an IP could do after many years away. Mm-hmm. But it's enough to give this IP a stay of execution. Yes, yes. I mean, I don't think that we know just based on this opening weekend whether there will be another big screen Ghostbusters. You know, I think, again, if Ghostbusters Afterlife opened up Anywhere, like you said, high 20, you know, 20s, 20 million, it's a death sentence. Low 30s probably would have meant there's not going to be another Ghostbusters movie. Obviously, if this had opened up at 50 or 60 million, we'd already have gotten the announcement of a next Ghostbusters movie. So this opening weekend is not going to tell the story. I think there's a chance that in the next five weeks when the afterlife full run is over we'll have a pretty good idea as to whether this is a ip that'll support another big screen edition we don't know that from this opening weekend it's it's not high or low enough to 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 tell us that yet we still have a holiday week to contend with which could show whether more kids are dragged to this right or if it's in kanto if they get their cheese, which I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about Encanto very shortly because that's opening a Disney film. I don't know what that's going to look like as the op- as an opening, but uh, it could bite into those under 12s. Well, let's let's just go into it. I think it's time we look ahead to this coming weekend. Yeah, let's do it. So Encanto, there we go. It is now. Is that a Disney animation or is that Pixar? Well, it's it's coming to theaters, so you know it's Disney. But I'm saying, is it Disney Disney or Disney it's, Pixar? Well, Pixar only goes to, uh, as we know, Pixar is, <gasps> is is being buried by Disney. So Encanto you're, is a Walt Disney animation. You're right. That's right. Pixar, as we've noted, is basically uh, uh, being taught a lesson in-house by Disney. They're Like you said, yes, that's right. They're putting all the Pixar movies onto D plus. So Encanto is a proper Disney movie, which what are the recent comps for that? Is Ryan the last dragon, the last Disney animation movie, though that was also Disney plus, right? That was a, uh, PV. I believe that was premium. Was that premier access? Yeah, Raya definitely had a theatrical release, and I think it was, you're right, I think it was Premiere Access PVOD. Um, it is it is an interesting time with these Disney cartoons, because when is the last time one of these has 
been a giant hit at well, the I think level Ralph, of, I think Ralph Breaks the Internet was a very big hit. Well, that's what I'm saying. We have yet to, since the pandemic time, you know, think about, and, and let's just look at Disney and Disney Pixar all as one thing for right now. You had Onward that opened up the week or two before the pandemic. And Onward bombed of its own accord. Uh, and then the pandemic gave it the cover of letting everyone pretend that the pandemic is the reason it bombs. When, of course, we must never forget, Onward bombed of its own accord. Mm-hmm. And all the Disney and Disney Pixar movies since then have been these weird pandemic era releases, you know, like Soul that just went straight to Disney Plus, you know, for free, quote, you know, wasn't PVOD. You had Ryan the Last Dragon, which was a theater in Disney Plus PVOD situation. Did we have another Pixar movie since then that that got dropped straight to Disney Plus? Um, uh, um, you mentioned soul already. Um, I did. Soul was last Christmas, right? Soul was last December. Got that situation where it had no box office. And I feel like there was another Pixar movie this summer that we're both forgetting that also got dumped straight to Disney plus. Oh, Luca, Luca did. And Luca did. So Encanto is the first time in almost two years that we have the chance of a Disney animation movie that could be a giant hit. So it is uh, just yeah. so hard to predict because Disney animation for the last 10 years has been a slam doink, total slam doink. You got your Frozens and your Moanas and uh, your your Ralph movies. And those were all slam doing kits. And now we're in this weird situation where we don't know what to predict for a Disney animated movie. That used to be the, the surest of sure things. And we're sitting here not sure what this is going to make. Well, it also does not have a very hooky hook. Like Ralph breaks the internet, obviously, and it's a it's a sequel. But still, the original Wreck It Ralph was it's a computer game character. Frozen, mm-hmm. of course, you know it became a juggernaut, but it was fairy tale esque. Encanto is, I think, a little bit harder to parse what exactly its hook is. So I don't think their expectation is blockbuster with this one. Hmm. But it's true, but I mean, listen, and and in retrospect, we look at something like Moana and say, of course, that was going to be a giant hit at this and this, and it's a a classic movie. But Moana was just the premise is there is a here's a little girl going on an adventure in the sea. You know, I mean, it's it just used to be it didn't matter what the premise was. It's Disney animation. It's going to be gigantic. So. If Encanto comes out five years ago, we wouldn't be saying Encanto has no hook. We would be saying Encanto is going to open up to $65 million slam doink. Next. That's what we'd be saying. 
Yeah. Um. So it's just such a weird spot to be in where we are looking at Encanto and saying, will it open at 15 million? You know, will it open at 30 million? Will it open at 5 million? Well, it's tracking at 20 to 35. So I think it's it's probably going to be the number one film mm-hmm. over the weekend because I I doubt, even if it makes 20, I doubt we're going to have Ghostbusters make enough money to stay at number one. Right. I mean, unless, unless the parents, these 50-something-year-olds are, 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 really, are really looking at those kids and the kids are saying, I want to go see Encanto, I want to see Encanto, and then that old parent or guardian is saying, hey, listen, I took you to your movie last week. I took you to that Ghostbusters Afterlife kids movie. Yeah, and I want to see Gucci. And I want to see Gucci. So I'm out going to see Gucci. The babysitter's coming over. And, and Ghostbusters Afterlife, that, that's the one kids movie you're getting. What a prick move by that but, hypothetical parent. Right, right. But, that but could I wouldn't be put the it past situation. that hypothetical parent. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this Encanto movie, are there any big... Are there any big actor voices in this? This is not a The Rock situation where we've got a giant celebrity front and center out here um, starring Stephanie Beatrix, John Leguizamo. I mean, I don't think John Leguizamo is, you know, he's, he's big to us, House of Buggin' for life, but I don't think he's The Rock out there getting giant press for this movie. Wilma Valderrama, which... Uh, uh, I mean, obviously he's an entrepreneur. I'm sure he's a great poker player, but he's not a, a huge mainstream celebrity anymore, at least not at the level of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Well, where this would ha- what this where this money would come from is it, it would have to over index in the Southwest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what we're looking at here. This is this movie is aimed at a demo and it's all kids will see this movie but i think it's aimed at a specific demo and it's whether or not they will come out for it or so not i'm looking at uh the credits of this movie and lin-manuel miranda is one of six people who has a story by credit um you know i'm that could be a situation where he's been sort of in the disney factory slash family uh, mm-hmm. uh, since Hamilton. So he, I'm sure at some point was in a writer's room, you know, maybe spit out a few lyrics for some songs, but it doesn't seem like, unlike Moana, I don't think Lin-Manuel Miranda is really out there front and center as the guy selling this movie with his name on yeah. it. Um, so yeah, like you said, it's basically this movie is going to come from, um, is there an audience that this is, um, I guess, giving something uh, new to? And the 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 saying that that really should be someday, you know, in two hundred years on our tombstones, the rats need their cheese. This is a kids' movie. The rats need their cheese. This one is truly FTR is for the rats, you know. And but they have Clifford out there. They have Ron's Gone Wrong. It's not like they don't have anything. 
they don't not have anything, but they are also possibly extra hungry after having to, you know, they ate last week with Ghostbusters Afterlife, but they ate sand. And so that's going to leave a bad taste in their mouth. So the rats, they might need that cheese just to, to wipe the taste of, you know, Dan Aykroyd's buttermilk out of their mouth. And also, this this is a lot of talk when we don't have a lot of time right? about right. a movie that will not significantly I- impact anything, really, no matter what it does. So Disney will be fine. Kids will be fine. Gucci is the thing to talk about. Yeah, so okay? let's get because into Gucci, it. Yeah. House of Gucci, Gucci opening yes. this weekend. It's Ridley Scott directing. It is Lady Gaga. It's Adam Driver. It's Jared Leto. It's Al Pacino. It's a lot of buzz. It is the movie to which many people are saying that uh, the the future of adult dramas at the box office hinges on this because, you know, this is the type of movie that you look at the cast, you look at what it's about, you look at how big it is. This should be a slam doink big hit and this should be the type of movie like a Gone Girl that shows that you put stars and a big hooky premise together you could still have a big hit for adults. Will that be or the case? Or it could open or it could open like all the money in the world. Ridley Scott's what what year was that? 2017 adult mm-hmm. film which opened to 5.5 million dollars. He also had The Last Duel recently which did not open big either. So, I mean, this is not a slam dunk by any estimation. It depends on how much people want to see this. Uh, these stars in this hammy sort of film. It looks totally hammy. It looks like it could be a lot of fun. Right. But what will the adults come out to see this? This is exclusively to theaters. It's not a King Richard situation. So the only way you'll be able to see this film is in the theater. Will this be the film that people go to over Thanksgiving? Will they overrule the kids and say, yes, it's time, it's Gucci time now? And I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I hope I hope they do. I hope they say yes. It, right now it's tracking for the three-day, 8 to 13. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that the big thing here is Lady Gaga is a star. And unlike some of those other recent movies, you know, Last Duel or All the Money in the World, I think Lady Gaga is a bigger draw than any of the actors in those two movies, or at least any of those actors at the time when those movies came out. Mm -hmm. You know, Lady Gaga has had one movie, and it was A Star is Born, and it was a giant hit. People loved her in it. She got a Best Actress, nom, nom, nom. She's a mega star. And there is an audience that is going to go to this as a Lady Gaga event, which you don't have a lot of actors who could... uh, You don't have a lot of actors who could make that claim anymore. You know, Leo, obviously, is that actor. Um... But Lady Gaga might be one of the few people who you could put in a movie and there's going to be a huge crowd of people who are going to say, it's a Lady Gaga event. I've got to be there. 
I mean, this will be the test because if this movie opens and before we got on the air, I made the case that we should talk about five day in our prediction because it's opening on a Wednesday holiday. I think a lot of the business this movie is going to do is going to be on that Wednesday, Thursday. Um, so I mean, for the five day, what is a number that we would see on Monday morning and you would say House of Gucci, big opening weekend, Lady Gaga is obviously a draw. Like, is that number where five day this opens at 25 million? That's the case. I would say 20 would be fine. I think 20 is where you'd say, oh, people went out to see this film. Mm -hmm. Because there is competition. I mean, Encanto, Ghostbusters, uh, Eternals. I mean, there is some competition here. Mm hmm. So I I mean I think if it makes anything over 20 I'd be I mean we should be happy. Mhm. But anything under that will I mean anything under that it's okay people kind of liked it. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. I think this is so hard to call. It's so well, hard to call because we have not had a adult film a, a film for grown-ups that has done anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, since the theaters have reopened, I mean, what is even the closest? Like, is F nine the? It, it's the, not. No, that doesn't count. That's not. It, that's not a adult film. That's not a film for adults. I, I'm just trying to think of something that's not. That's not even superhero. I mean, I know what you're saying. You're going to say no to this because it's not a drama, but like. The Bond movie is the closest thing we've had to a hit movie that is aimed the at The difference adults. is all of these things you're mentioning are IPs. No, no, I get that. I get House of Gucci is not in that genre, but like I'm trying to think of anything that's not even a, a, a kids movie or a superhero movie. Like that's that is the that is the situation House of Gucci finds itself in now. Where if this the, is a hit, it's such an outlier from everything we've had so far this past and year. Most of the most of the dramas have been HBO Max day and dates. Yeah. Yeah. So those have been kneecapped by that. And yeah. also being, I think, films a lot of people don't want to see. Right, right. And and dusty, moldy old. You know, the thing about House of Gucci was I don't think this is a delayed movie, right? I, I mean, I might be wrong, but I think House of Gucci was always scheduled for 2021. I don't I think it is. I believe the a... shooting was delayed. Okay. I believe there was, it was delayed in a sense of production might have been delayed. I could be wrong on but that. But this isn't a movie that was filmed it's not and on the shelf. shelved. Yeah, yeah. No, so this, no. is, this is not a moldy old movie like a lot of what has come out since the pandemic quote unquote ended. Yeah. Um, I am, you know, and it could be me just feeling hopeful because I obviously want this type of movie to exist at the box office, but I think it could do a 30 million five day. I mean, that'd be great. I, I, I trust in Lady Gaga. And that is who I think I would give the credit to if this movie opens up, like you said, over 20 or, 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 uh, uh, I mean, uh, pray to, to, you know, to the, the, the box office 
analyst in the sky, it opens up at 30 or above. The credit would go to her if this has a huge opening weekend. You're and a little I, monster. Yeah. When it comes to box office, I am. Because, I mean, obviously, Bradley Cooper is the auteur and the star of A Star is Born. But Lady Gaga in that movie, that pushes that over the top to make it the event that it was. So when it comes to box office, I am a little monster, for sure. I, I really, really admire what she has done at box office and what she's trying to do with this movie. Well, let's let's do our top fives, and let's just keep in mind that, yes, there is a Resident Evil film coming out to Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City. An awful title. I know it's based on a video game. It's an awful title. It's mm-hmm. awful. Raccoon City sounds so stupid. I don't care what the video game was like. That's a dumb title. It's only opening in 2,600 theaters, so it it's it's tracking from 6 to 10 i would say it's going to be on the lower end of that tracking so it may not even make the top 5 but just something to keep in mind well it's a it's a resident evil movie that no mila doesn't, jovovich no mila jovovich and it's a movie with raccoon in the title that doesn't have nick turner unlike mm. uh uh un, unlike killer raccoons 2 dark christmas in the dark starring uh, uh, rising box office movie star Nick Turner. So Nick Turner's not in this. It's not Rec- directed by Travis. It's not directed by Travis Irvine. It's not starring Mila Jovovich. So it's a it's a Resident Evil movie for nobody. It's a Raccoon movie for nobody. So I agree. I'm I'm going under on that. That's a movie that could make like three or four million dollar opening weekend. Hmm. Um. So why don't you start off? Give us your top five with your numbered predictions for uh house of gucci and Encanto. well here's the thing though if if it's if it's if are we going five day or we i think we should go weekend because that's what the chart shows okay so give give us give us your weekend for uh when you get to house of gucci you could give your three-day weekend okay so i think number one in kanto i think that's going to do just enough to beat out the second week of Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I think will go to number two. I think number three is going to be House of Gucci. Wow. And I think that is going to, when you look at what Ghostbusters say, Ghostbusters drop 60, I'd say House House of Gucci, uh, the three-day weekend, I would say is probably going to be around... 13. Mm-hmm. And then I'm looking at like a 20, 21 for the five day. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. after after that, I'm going to say I think that Clifford beats out Eternals. Okay. So then we're going to have Clifford at four and Eternals at five. I I like that for sure. I'm looking at that. I think Clifford 4 and Eternals 5 is the way I would go too because Eternals is dropping at a much higher rate than Clifford. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am going to go agree that number one is going to have to be in Kanto. Um, but I'm going to go number two, House of Gucci. My thinking is... I think it, that's crazy. It could make... I'm going to say it makes 21 million in the 3 day and Ghostbusters Afterlife makes 
19 million for number three, then Clifford four and Eternals five. I, I, I just, hope you're right. I hope you're right. I hope Gucci overperforms, jumps out of the gym, as they say. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know. We don't know. That's why we're in the prediction game. We're not in the guaranteed slam doink game. Right, right, right. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a very, you know, Thanksgiving is always an interesting time in America. Mm-hmm. Um, But particularly this Thanksgiving, when you've got, in some ways, the future of adult movies. And when we say adult movies, we mean movies geared at adults, not a, not porno movies, huh? Huh, get your head out of the gutter. But when you've got this Thanksgiving, the future of adult movies at the box office hanging in the balance on top of, you know, all of the, the things that could happen in a family Thanksgiving, it's going to be a very interesting Thanksgiving this year. And that's all I'll say. Yeah. Well, Pat, so where can people find us if they want to give their predictions? So you can email us. Email us at the Boys Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, send us an email about, listen, especially if you are a child who is a wannabe old boy, wannabe old girl, wannabe old person. Person. Let us know if. You went to go see Ghostbusters Afterlife because you were uh, uh, forced to, you know, that that perhaps it was implied that your uh, food privileges or your gaming privileges would be revoked if you didn't accompany your guardian to Ghostbusters Afterlife last weekend, or if you went because you were trying to impress your parent or guardian. Either way, send us an email, the Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know why you as a child ended up at Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yes. And if you need us to contact somebody, I mean, I guess go to someone else for that. Definitely go to someone else. We just want to hear box office uh, uh, related Sp- news. Sp- we, we, we are not going to take action. No, no. Yeah. Not qualified for that. Nope. Nope. So uh, otherwise, check out our Substack. Uh, Brandon Gray, the uh, box office revival over there on Clubhouse. And until next time, there's nothing to say, but we'll smell you at the box office. Nailed it.